Amen. Praise God. Again, welcome to Warehouse Church. Uh, thank you to the worship team. And again, for the last time, thank you for the, to the stage crew. Like, we could take these guys on the road with us somewhere. I mean, they just do a great job. Quick set up and tear down. Thank you guys so much. Um, guys, we, again, we're in this series called This Is My Story. At Warehouse Church, one of our five core values, one of our five core behaviors, if you will, uh, is that we celebrate stories. That means that we celebrate God's big story, the gospel story, the redemption story, and we also celebrate every other small story that he's writing. If there's still breath in your lungs, he's still writing your story. And so we want to celebrate that. In this series, that's exactly what we have strived to do, is celebrate God's testimony, God's story through your life. And so I'm excited about today. I'm excited to bring up this, uh, this young lady in just a moment. But I do want to say this. For anyone watching in this room today or those of you that are watching online, we are going to talk about loss today. We are going to be talking about tragic loss in, in the form of losing kids. And so if that triggers you in any way, I want you to know this um, and so that you can uh, plan accordingly. With that, I would love to bring up my friend, Crystal Woods. Would you guys make her feel welcome today? I just have to say this, this is the second time Crystal and I have sat down today to have this conversation, and so the fact that we're both still here having this conversation, her obviously much more than I, is a testimony in and of itself. So again, thank you for being willing, um, and as I said before, this you and I talking just so happens we have a little bit of an audience out here, but um, I am just astonished and overwhelmed by your story, and um thankful that God has given you the courage and the strength to be able to share. But um, as I'm not sure how anyone, anyone can live through the loss of a child, uh, look at this. I mean, it's just, thank you so much. Stagehand, right there, stagehand. <laughs> Who serves also as a boyfriend, right? <laughs> so, so um, again, like, I don't even understand how folks, and there, you may be in this room right now and you've lost a child. Um, I, I can't speak to that. And um, I don't know how folks survive that. But um, I know God allows people to go through valleys and um, in all forms and all shapes and sizes. Um, but he's always with us through those valleys. Every valley we go through, he's with us. You're sharing this trial that God has turned into a testimony for your life. Um, you've had to bury three children. Yes. That's almost unheard of. Um, and yet you walk in this church every single week with a smile on your face, ready to serve, ready to worship, ready to scream out in worship service because you're so overwhelmed with the <laughs> Holy Spirit. Um, you have true joy in your life. What brings you that joy? Before we start getting into the heavy stuff, tell me what puts a smile on your face every day. Um, first and foremost, again, um, that would be uh, my Jesus. Um, just knowing that he's always there. Um, when I wake up in the morning, it's because of him. It's because mm. he allows me to. Um, so him, uh, my boys, um, I still have three boys at home. Um, absolutely drive me crazy sometimes. But <laughs> sometimes, right? Sometimes. Um, but I have um, three boys. Um, I have a wonderful boyfriend. Um, so along with that, uh, also uh, 
love to hike, love to sing, love to work out. Uh, decided to go back to college. Um, have a great job where I, I work with elderly people five days a week, and it's been a true blessing. That's awesome. And so we've seen your kids grow up here. Uh, Caden and Kaysen, I, they, they're just awesome. And how old, let's see, Kaysen, how old was he when you guys started here? He was just a couple months old when we started. That's amazing. So he's seven now. Yeah, we've seen him grow up, it feels like, and so it's just a joy. Every time we put together a little choir, you always sing with, in the <laughs> choir with us. Yes. So, um, And I think one of the first times that I really got to know you was I wasn't doing fitness by no means, but I knew that you were in the community, mm-hmm. and I saw you at some 5Ks and different things like that. So those things bring... That was a long time ago, right? Yeah. Um, but those things bring you joy and happiness, yes. And, yes. and those are exciting. The fact that you can point those out yes. are good and uh, to keep you grounded and counting your blessings, right? Every single day. Of course. Um, so we've had stories throughout this series. This is what I love about this series. All, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but you all have a testimony. Every single one of us have a story that we could tell. Um, but in this series, we've learned from a couple of folks, Josh and Jenny, of the story of addiction and the testimony of God's transformation through that, where Jenny and Josh found themselves in a very difficult, tough, bottom-of-the-barrel scenario, and God's love and His mercy and His grace transformed their lives, and now they're walking testimonies. Yes. Of God, um, we heard from Miss Lori Bricken about divorce and how that affected her life and and God's transformation through that. And God became her everything in that moment of her life. And um, powerful, super powerful. We heard from Wendell and, and Karen Hall last week about how, uh, specifically for Wendell, not growing up in a family where he was shown love at all and and being so far, super far away from God most of their lives, um, and then having that moment where they knew that God had been pursuing them. It's just amazing to hear those testimonies. Today is way different. Today is way different, and I'm going to tell you right up front, get your Kleenexes ready um, as we talk about this because it's just it's tough to talk about. I, it is. It's hard for me to hear, much less for you to have experienced and have gone through. And so um, with that, you've experienced extreme loss. Um, in your life, in that loss, it has brought you closer to God. Most definitely. Um, that deep abiding love of God um, that he offers. But it took you a while to get there. Yes. Right? And, and that's what, I mean, I think that's a huge part of your testimony. It just took you a little while to get there because you had been looking for love, as the country music <laughs> song says, you've been looking for love in all the wrong places. Yep. Tell us about that story. Okay. Um, well, I've been in church since I've been about 21, but when I was younger, um, my family didn't go to church. Uh, we lived in the Allen Bottom, um, so me and my two sisters would always walk to the old Allen Baptist Church. We'd walk, um, walk the streets, we'd walk up the hill, go over the guardrail, over across the four lane, and we would go to Sunday school. But mm-hmm. my mom never went to, school, uh, went to church or anything. Um, I had a stepdad. Um, Can we just stop for a minute and realize that you as a child... We're jumping over guardrails and going across the floor. Like that's yes. a big deal. Okay. Yes. Just needed to say that out loud. Right. <laughs> Moving on. Um, but um, I had a stepdad. Um, he wasn't in church. My real dad died when I was only a month and 17 days old. Um, we had love, but my stepdad was, uh, even though he's the only dad, I knew he was a rough um, stepdad. Not really to me. Not really a stepdad. Just uh, to my mom. Um, 
he was an alcoholic. He drunk a lot. Um, so there was times that uh, I can remember him beating her, um, him chasing us down the road, me on a Hot Wheel, only like eight or nine years old, have to wow. go down the road, you know, the street to, uh, well, at the time was Bank Josephine, um, so we could get away from him. Um, whether it was a, a gunshot in the house or whatever, just uh, he wasn't as good as to my mom as what he should have been. Um, so um, as I got older, I never had that, I guess, that unconditional love that usually they say a daughter and a, a father has. And I was looking for that, but definitely in the wrong places. Mm. I, yeah, that's got to be tough, just growing up not having that uh, from from your dad. Yeah. And then as you got older, tell me about life, like love life as you got older, like you went through lots of different relationships maybe. Like love what? life as I got older, I went through um, lots of different relationships. Um, I've been married a few times more than I'm proud of, but um, I've learned from a lot of them. Learned, sure. Well, learned from every single one of, of them. Um, some of them was due to um, they decided to do drugs or alcohol, and I knew what my mom went through, and I wasn't doing that. Um, yeah. Cheated on, whatever. Wasn't living that way. I knew I deserved better than sure. that. And uh, But uh, it, was a, it was a hard course. So as you got older, you started having kids. Started having kids. And so talk to us just for a moment. Uh, when we talked the other day, you mentioned that the 2009 to 2012 time that was a very integral part of your your life. Yes. You felt like God really transformed you a lot through that time. Yes. Okay. But what folks probably don't know is during that same time, that was when you suffered the loss of not only one but two kids. Correct. And even before t- 2009, you suffered the loss of a little girl. Yes. As tough as it is, I'm going to ask you to kind of tell us a little bit about that story. Okay. Um, in 2005, um, I was pregnant with my only little girl. Um, I had noticed that um, I was leaking water, and what it was, I had a, a, a hole in my water sack, and ended up going to a specialist. And um, when I went to the specialist, they noticed that um, they could only see like one of her kidneys. Um, there was no fluid around her. They couldn't tell if she had any lungs or anything like that. Um, so I was sent to Central Baptist Hospital. I was there for a month. Um, that was the beginning of November of 2005. I had to leave, uh, at the time, Curtis and Seth at the um, house. Your two oldest boys. My two oldest boys. And um, so I was there every day by myself. Every now and then I would get a visitor, people I worked with, or my sister would come down. Um, I was there for a month. Um, they gave me probably 10 to 12 different kinds of pills, magnesium, whatever, to um, help her lungs grow because they found out her lungs wasn't developed mm-hmm. um, and to keep me from going into labor. But on November 28th, I went into labor and had to have an emergency C-section. Wow. Um, she was born, 3 pounds, 3 ounces, 15 inches long. She laid from my wrist to my elbow. Um, by the looks of her, she was perfectly healthy. Yeah. Um, but come to find out her lungs was not developed at all. Um, the doctors wanted me to give up on her. There's like, there's no need of you even trying. You, you know, there's nothing we can do. I'm like, no, that's, she has a right to fight. As her mother, I have to fight for her. Mm. Um, so they put her on the strongest ventilator there was. And for 11 days, I stayed in the hospital. Um, they actually switched her to UK. So I went to UK probably like two days later 
and every day I would go and visit her in the NICU, and um, I would get to touch her through the hose of the, the incubator and everything, but after 11 days, I noticed the color of her, and one of the hardest decisions ever was to tell your child it's okay to go, but I got to hold her. I got to hold her as her heart stopped, mm. as she took her last breath. Um, I got to bath her. I got to put an outfit on her. And I got to take her to the funeral home. I got to carry her out of the hospital in a blanket, just like I was taking her home. But I had to take her to the funeral home. Mm. Clinics number one. <laughs> We got to laugh up here. It's going to be a tough. <clears throat> so take us uh, 11, 11 days old. 11 days old. Let's fast forward a little bit. Okay. Um, in 2009, um, I lost my eight and a half year old son um, in a car wreck. Um, just down the road here, uh, right below Skings Marathon at Town Branch, a drink driver pulled out in front of us. Um, it was me, my two oldest sons, Curtis and Seth. Um, and in that car wreck, I lost Seth. He was eight and a half, eight and a half years old. Um, it was raining, in a hurry, getting them from work, or getting them from school. I had to be at work. Um, the van pulled out in front of us. I couldn't stop. I hit the van went into the other two lanes, another truck hit on Seth's side, and we went in, um, against the heel side. Um, I got bruises. Um, I don't think I got any cuts. I got some dislocated bones. Curtis had bruises, had a cut from his top of his forehead to his eye that had to be stitched up in some bruises. Um, but Seth had no marks on him whatsoever when I got to go see him. Um, it was literally like he was just laying there asleep. Mm. And um, that was about 10 o'clock at night, probably later. And the wreck happened around 4. But he had no marks on him. No bruises, no scratches, not a hair out of place. He was perfect. Mm. But he suffered internal injuries. He suffered all internal injuries. There was nothing they could do for him. Mm. You had a lot of folks around you. I know. I don't know if you were actually attending Allen at the time, but I know that Curtis was attending a youth group there at Allen yeah. at the time, and yeah. Pastor Chris Bumbleo was was there and helping, and yes. I think helped you guys a little bit through that time. Yes, they they were amazing. Yeah, amazing. That's great. Mm -hmm. So, um, can't you know? Obviously, your little girl, now your son. What's next? In 2012, I had a little boy named Caleb. Um, I had recently started back to work in October of that year. And in November, um, he ended up aspirating what time I was at work. And he died in his sleep at three and a half months old. Hmm. Ah. I really just can't imagine. It's hard. Yeah. It's one of the things I would never wish on anybody because you don't know what it's like. If you've never been there, you really don't know what to say to nobody. 
but you don't know what it's like to have to plan your own child's funeral, to have to walk into the funeral home and pick out their casket, pick out their first out or their last outfit that they'll ever ever get to wear. You told me um, before you that you understood a little better with your daughter because her lungs hadn't, Correct. you know, hadn't developed. But then when Seth uh, was killed in the car accident, what were you feeling? A lot of anger. Mm. Um, a lot of anger at God because I'd been in church, been in church the whole time. The daughter, I could understand her lungs wasn't developed. So, you know, it's okay. Like I can understand that, you know. But with Seth, it was different. It was like, why? You know, why him? Um, just, just wanted to know why. A lot of anger, blamed him. Um, I couldn't understand why because I prayed. I went to church, prayed. Even in the hospital, I prayed that, you know, my kids would be okay. But Seth wasn't okay. You know? Seth died, and it's like, I prayed, and I prayed for you to save him, but you couldn't save my child. And it's hard, because even though you know, like, I was in church, and I knew God, but it's still like, why couldn't you save my child? If you can save this one, and you can save that one, and you can do this for this person, why couldn't you save my child? Why couldn't you let me have him? That's real talk right there. <clears throat> Tell me, um, how, how do you get through this? Like, how, do, how you've been through such tragic loss, how do you get through this? Angry with God frustrated when was that moment of transformation for you when was that moment where something happened in your life that allowed you to be okay and to be able to move forward um I would say it was probably a couple months after um Seth had already been gone I was still in church I still went to church um was in a a group, uh, it was a youth group, even though I wasn't a youth at the time. But <laughs> <laughs> um, we did skits and stuff, and we would go to churches and do them. And um, I remember going to one a couple months later, and they were doing a song called Victory in Jesus. And it kind of clicked that even though I'd been through so much, even with just the first two, you know, that... He was still there. Because, like, my little girl, I was there. I was able to carry her. I was able to give birth to her. I was able to see her for 11 days. Wow, I was there when she went out, too. I was there when she went home to him. And I had those memories of 11 days. I still got to touch her hand. I just got to touch her little feet. And then, like... As hard and painful as it was losing Seth and not understanding why, I had eight and a half years with him. Eight and a half years. I have all those memories. I have all the birthdays. I have all the Christmases. 
I have all the time that he would do silly things, breaking blocks from school instead of flowers. Like, <laughs> I mean, I had those things. You know, I had those memories, and those are my treasures. Yeah. So it was at that point that it kind of clicked, you know, he could have picked somebody else. He could have picked anybody else to be in their mom. Oh, wow, he picked me. He picked me to give life to him. He picked me to watch them grow up the time that I had them. He picked me to love them and nourish them out of everybody. And it was at that moment, no matter what I'd been through, picking out a casket, picking out the last outfit, bagging up stuff to give away that was my kids, Jesus was there. Through all of that, mm. there was Jesus. That's good. I could stand up here and talk for hours on end and never be able to have the impact that your faith is showing folks right now. Just the fact that you have been through all that you've been through and still proclaim the name of Jesus. It's huge. My faith is all I've got. Like, I know where my babies are at. I don't have to question that. So my goal is to praise Him through the storm. And one day I'll see my children. One day I'll get to hug them. I might have to question every aspect of my life, but my faith and my trust in my God is something I'll never have to. And I know that without a shadow of a doubt. Mm. So powerful. You, you're here today sharing your story and sharing your test that has become a testimony. Other than the fact that I ask you to, why, why, why go through all of this again, and and share this again? What, what, what are you? What's what's the point? What's the purpose for you? Um. Well, when you first asked me, I hesitated and I wouldn't, didn't want to because <laughs> it is hard because I have to relive it. But um, through my test, that's my testimony. Somebody else that's lost a child that can blame God and be mad at God, and it's okay to do that. Maybe something that I can say would help them to look at it in a different way. Because our kids ain't ours. They're God's. Mm. And he only lends them to us. Mm. And only at any time he can call them home. Ready, whether we're ready or not, whether we want to give them up or not, no matter the age, they're his. So if my story can help somebody to see, if you don't have God, you need to know him because he's there. He's there through it all. Even when you think there's nobody else, he's there. Through the picking out the casket, the clothes, bagging up stuff every single day. Days that I feel like I don't want to get up. I just want to cry. But he's there. No matter what. No matter how hard, how tough, or how bad it gets. I know he's there. 
and he will be there always. So if they lean on him, it ain't going to be easy. But there is a way to be happy and to have joy. It is possible. Mm. And it's okay to do that. It's not selfish because you still have all those memories, and those memories are my treasures. So if my story helps somebody else understand that, because to me, I would rather have the eight and a half years, the three and a half months, and 11 days with my children and been their mom for that amount of time and had those memories than to have never had them at all. I would do it all over again. I'd do all the hurt, all the pain. Going into there and picking out their casket, their clothes, I would do it all again just for God to bless me enough to be their mom. I'm not helping you at all. <clears throat> what advice? Um, you've said you need to know Jesus. That's like a paramount. What other advice do you have for folks that may be experiencing? And it doesn't have to be the loss of a child, but just something hard that they're going through that they're questioning God. Let me just say this out loud today. It's okay to question God. Like he is big enough for your questions. It's okay to be mad at God for a season. He is big enough to handle your frustrations. What other advice do you have for folks that are dealing with this, something like this today? I would say as hard as it is, like you said, it is okay to question God. It is okay to ask him, you know, why this happened or why that happened. Um, never lose sight of God, though. Never lose sight of God because mm. he already has our path made out. He already has our life planned out. Mine just happened to have little curves and bumps and some mountains I had to get over. But by the grace of God, I got over them. Mm. That's good. Um, thank God for his grace and his Amen. mercy and his love for us. Relentless love for us. Yes. Always pursuing us. Always with us. Which leads me to this. Let me ask you this. <laughs> Some folks um, have expressed scriptures that have helped them through very difficult times that we've been talking about in this series that either you were dealing with at the time you were going through or maybe looking back, you're like, this is what was happening in my life and I'm thankful for that. What are those scriptures that have really spoke to you? Um, my most favorite scripture is Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Mm. Um, because people who know my story, they're usually first response to me is I don't know how you do it it's not me mm. first and foremost it's not me um, I can only put on a smile because of God because he gives me the strength every day to get up to go on with my life um, it takes time to find that peace after losing a child not that I probably have complete peace because I still miss my children there's things that I see that remind me of them but it's possible, and he's been there every step of the way. He's the one that gives me the power to get up every morning, put my clothes on, go to work, come home to my kids, and do what I have to do. I could literally walk out of the room right now 
And I prefer you not to. <laughs> three years of ministry as the lead pastor of this church, I've never said anything as powerful as what you just said. Like nothing compares to that. Jesus Christ is your strength. Yes. The only way you can make it through a day yes. of life. You are living and breathing that right now in front of all of us. And that is powerful. Thank you. Um, what else? Do you have other scripture? I do. Um, Luke one thirty-seven. Okay. Um, not sure what the Bible says, but I remember in the way is um, faith does not make things easy, but it makes things possible. Mm. Um, and my faith is what I have. Out of everything I've been through. Um, it's grown. It's gotten more. And I know no matter what I go through, what I've been through, or what I might see ahead, or what anybody else, my faith is the one thing that's there that I never have to question about mm. God. That's great. Amazing. And I'll, you have one more scripture. Deuteronomy 36. One. That's it. That's it. You <laughs> told me that. and I actually want to read that one, then you tell me what Go it right means ahead. to you, okay? Okay. The Bible says this, um, Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 6. He says, be strong and courageous, of course, um, this is, he's talking to Joshua here. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. He was facing a battle. Uh, for the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. Yes. Never leave you nor forsake you. What's that mean to you in this, that se this season of life? Um, this season of life. I actually um, really didn't think about that scripture. Um, but the never leave me or forsake me goes back to when Keelan um, passed away. I actually spoke at my child's funeral. Mm. And I spoke about how no matter what you go through, God will never leave you or forsake you. No matter where you've been, no matter where you go, no matter what lies ahead and you don't know, no matter the tough road, the curve, the bump, the hill, the mountain, the deep valley, he is always there. Yeah. He is always faithful. And he will never leave or forsake me or anybody else. He might have to carry me sometimes. But he's right there. Praise God. I'm just so thankful for the courage that you have to share your story. And I know it wasn't easy. And so I want to thank you so much for being able to share that today. I believe there's people in this room or folks that are watching online that are dealing with something like this. That maybe today God has been working in and through that and your testimony to make their way just a little bit lighter. So thank you for that. Thank you. Let's thank Crystal for sharing her story today. Thank you so much. Guys, um, there's not really much I can say at this point. Here's what I do know. Um, the Holy Spirit works in and through us in all things. And so I believe that all of us have been taking what this, this testimony today and what God has been speaking through Crystal's life. And he's calling each of us in some way. He's moving in each of our lives in some way. And so I'm not going to stand up here today and say, you need to do this or you need to do that. All I want to say to you today is, you know what it is that God is saying to your heart right now. And if you're thinking, I don't know what that is. Or, or I don't know who, I, I didn't think that was God speaking to me. Yeah, that was God. 
If you've been feeling something through this time today, or you've been experiencing something, I want you to know that's the Holy Spirit. I want you to do whatever the Holy Spirit is calling you to do. If that's come to this altar and pray, maybe that's pray in your seat. Maybe that if, if you're watching online, maybe that means that you're just going to have some worship in your home, wherever you're at right now. Whatever that is, we're going to take a moment now and we're going to reflect on what God has spoken to us during this time. That's all we're going to do. And so if he's calling you to pray, I ask you to pray. If he's calling you to stand and put your hands up in the air and worship him because he's been faithful and good to you, you should do that as well. Whatever it is that God is calling you to do in this moment, I'm asking you to do that now. Would you stand and pray with me? Father God, as the worship team has already sung today and they're going to sing a little bit more here in just a moment, like Tess said, you're, you love us so much. You love us in spite of us. God, your story through Crystal's life is one of, it's just remarkable, God. The testimony that she carries in her heart today, the faith that she has today, knowing all that she has been through is such a testament to all of us that when we stump our toes in the middle of the night and we cry out to you and, and why did you do this to us, Lord? Why did you allow this to happen? May you put that in perspective in our lives now. And show us how crazy that we can be at times. When someone like Crystal comes along and shows the faith that many of us can only dream about. Build our faith, God. Make us stronger. As we depend on you for the very breath of life in our lungs every day. And God, if there's someone out there that's hurting right now, that's struggling because they just lost a loved one, and I know that there is, there's probably folks in this room right now that are struggling with the loss of someone. There are definitely folks that are watching online today that are struggling with the loss of someone. I pray today, God, that they call out to you and that you become their strength. Just like Crystal said, there are days that she can't walk herself and you literally have to pick her up and carry her. You are her strength, God. And I pray the same thing for everyone that's struggling right now. Most of all, if there's anyone in this room or anyone watching online today that doesn't know you, God, I pray that your Holy Spirit moves in their lives, brings them into a relationship with you because in order for you to be their strength, you have to be their God. And so I pray that today, God, that we, all of us, call out to you. Accept your salvation today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Listen, if you don't know the Lord today, I'm going to be standing in the front row. I would love to pray with you. Come on up. I'll sit down beside of you. We'll sit in the front row. I'll tell you what it means to become a follower of Jesus. I'd love to do that today. If you're struggling today, maybe it's not something we've talked about. Maybe it's something completely different. This altar is not an altar of embarrassment. This is not an altar uh, of judgment. This is an altar of redemption. This is an altar of worship. This is an altar where we come to lay our burdens down. You will not be judged by stepping out of your seat and coming down to pray. No one's going to be questioning, I wonder what they did. 
It's not what we do at this church. I'm calling you today. God is calling you to lay it all down to you as we sing.